listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. I feel like I fit I fit right in, you know what I'm saying, with my defense, my versatility, with me being able to play the five, me being able to play the four. Overall, playing hard and just my, my, my will to win will. No, that's a fact. That's a fact. We got yeah, a lot of young talent, um, a lot of guys that's wanting to be a great team. We all got the mentality to do it, so yeah, it's going to happen sooner than later. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. What is going on, everyone? You are listening to The Summit, State of Mind, the podcast of Dream Shakes and Step Backs, and everything Houston Rockets presented to you by the Apollo Podcast Network. I am your host, your commissioner, Kenny, and of course with me as always is my brother, my tag team partner, the GM, Justin. Follow my brother on Twitter at JP underscore Mirabueno. Follow myself on Twitter at Summit Commission. Follow our show and podcast at Summit SOM Pod, and of course, follow the media company at Apollo NBA and at Apollo HOU. You, GM. Let's face it. We stink. It's uh, it's it's a pretty horrible game overall that we had just experienced. The game caps off now. Houston Rockets lose one hundred six to one twenty two. A game where they didn't really show much fight outside of a few highlight dunks and and very nice plays from a Jalen Green and an Alperin Shangun, coupled with a couple of amazing dunks by KJ Martin. It's, yeah, it's been very, very horrible. <laughs> it's just, the games have just not been good. The team has just dropped to a 2-12 and 12 record. We're officially 10 games over 5, over 10 games under 500. See, I'm even trying to be positive right now. GM, we just got through the finish of watching this last game here against the Clippers. How are we feeling? I feel like Rob Schneider in The Waterboy. Oh, no, we suck again. That's how I feel. But we've always sucked. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, like like the, the this performance uh, for this game was, what I would say, not ideal, considering that this is the third game we've played against the Clippers. You would think that the team would have made the proper adjustments in terms of trying to take advantage of, you know, certain matchups and so forth. Um, this is a game where... Silas's medal could have definitely been shown in terms of his coaching. But, you know, I mean, I don't want to completely, like, hammer that because, you know, obviously there's a lot of different factors that go into this game. But no John Wall, no Kawhi Leonard. Like, you know, this is basically the team that we had played um, the last time, right? We know we played in L.A. was the best game that we had the closest chance to beat them. And then that yeah. was that was the game that had the Paul George game winner. So that was basically the yeah. team that we had initially faced. Yeah, I mean, competed pretty well. I feel like we had the confidence to play against them in terms of, you know, like you said, confidence, right? Like we should have competed, and I had expected us to compete. Win or lose is a whole other story. Um, you know, if you saw our, uh, if you saw my tweet on the Summit account. Why were the Rockets going to win? Uh, no one responded, and rightfully so, because we did not win. Well, shout out to no our boy. Shout, shout out to our boy Ike. Uh, everyone else knows sold it like Ronda Rousey versus Liv Morgan on a pay per view. Uh, it was just, it was completely disastrous. This game. Yeah. No. It. I, the 
only quote that comes to mind here is uh, when SpongeBob and Patrick shout SpongeBob if you watch SpongeBob was when SpongeBob and Patrick attempted to sell chocolates and they couldn't sell chocolates. So SpongeBob goes, "Let's face it, Patrick, we're failures." And then Patrick goes, "I can live with that." And then SpongeBob goes, "We should change our names to Why and Bother because <laughs> that's basically that's basically how I feel at this point. Every time the Rockets play, I'm just kind of like I put my Why? head down. We're Why? down ten. Next moment, head down. Oh my we're goodness. down twenty. Uh, yes, SpongeBob. I I, I don't I, you know. And as I try to gather my thoughts here for this for this post pod because we've been doing this a lot lately, we will watch the game. Our recording day will typically land on a game on a game day, so we can kind of gather our thoughts and kind of figure out how we're gonna attack the episode. But I mean, there's just been so much. Okay, let's let's backtrack first to Saturday's game because we do need to review Saturday's game in which the Rockets did put up a lot of fight against that New Orleans Pelicans team. Kept it really close, took it as far as the lead as going up eight. The team showed so much fight. I was so proud of the way that they played, you know, up until that three-minute mark when they decided to just go bonkers in turnovers and commit three straight turnovers, a travel, a a travel, a foot out of bounds, like in classic Rocket fashion, the Rockets just happened to choke away another game, in which case when I wrote the article for Apollo and I did say that was – the fourth choke game that they could have had because the the record could easily be six and like six and eight if they had won these close nip and tuck games. And Saturday was just another example of one of those games where like you could have had it. You know, they they were so close. They were all the momentum was on their side, but a couple of fouls here and there, a couple of mistakes, a couple of turnovers. I mean, for God's sakes, the game was tied at 106 at one point uh, with under three to play. It was like 258 when KPJ hit the and one to actually take the lead, but he misses the free throw in classic KP fashion, who yes. has not been very good from the free throw line. But overall, the game from Saturday, as fun as it was, was just a very horrific ending, in my opinion. I was not happy at the end result of the game. Mm-hmm. And it was, I was at a point where I was like, when are you going to start winning these close ones? Cause like, you're not the team of last season. You're in the third year of your rebuild. When are we going to start showing some goddamn pride and balls? You know what I mean? Like, when are we actually going to start showing some semblance of culture and, and fight and actually compete and make the right plays for each other? and go for a win like I don't understand it GM when we saw that game that happened on Saturday like how was your feeling when you kind of saw it because like I'm giving my opinion right now but how did you feel overall from like what you saw in that Saturday's game against New Orleans um you know Saturday's game was very actually a very entertaining game I believe that was a game in which we could have competed in um, but obviously certain aspects of our games is what caused us problems. We are a young team. We tend to turn over the ball a lot. And what was it like in five straight possessions? It was like four turnovers and a layup, you know? And that was after we gained the eight point lead, I believe. So when it comes to that, it's just one of those things where as a team, that's something you have to shore up. But because of the fact we're so young, the hierarchy, the hierarchy is so confusing after Jalen that it's just, you know, it's, it's complete 
completely bamboozled, you know? And it's chaotic. I, absolutely. It's chaotic. Absolutely. You know, and it's just, it, it it's unfortunate to see, you know, it's not fun to watch. It's not a fun brand of basketball to watch. Granted, there are games where we are very, very exciting, just like against New Orleans. It was a very exciting game. We were in it till the end. We were at a point where we had such a great amount of momentum for that game. But, unfortunately... We took the loss like we did tonight. No matter how well we play in terms of the New Orleans game or tonight's game against the Clippers, it still counts the same in the standings. They both count as losses. So, unfortunately, you know, we can chalk up New Orleans game to what what the commission would say is a productive L. Uh, oh, it can oh, certainly New be Orleans a productive game? L. Oh, heck no. I'm not I am not going to call that game a productive L. I'm we, sorry. We, we pretty much choked that game. Because you choked the game away. That's yeah, not I a mean, productive you know, L. And I mean, you know, we, we, we want to highlight anything in terms of, you know, points that were given away. I mean, we lost by, what, seven? How many free throws did Kevin Porter Jr. miss that game? I'd, I have no idea. But if we're going to go Harper that on that, it's kind of like... The thing about these Rockets is that I don't want to say that we have to play perfectly, a perfect game in order to win, but sometimes it does feel that way. You know what I mean? A lot of things have to go our way, and a lot of things have to go positively for us in order to even have a chance. You know, um, Jalen played so well in that third quarter against New Orleans. In the fourth quarter, he was shut out. 15 points in the third quarter. And they even talked to Silas about it today in the press conference for the game. Like, how are you going to get Jalen more involved in the fourth quarter? And as the coach, he has to accept responsibility for that. Um, to be honest with you, I didn't I didn't get a chance to listen to the interview um, before this game, but it was, um, you know, it's just unfortunate that Jalen hasn't gotten the touches that he deserves in the fourth. Uh, tonight, he certainly did get some touches. He touched the ball quite a bit. I mean, I remember a few possessions where he would pass the ball, and it was like, yeah, Jalen, should you really pass the ball? But the thing about Jalen is that He's starting to make a lot of the right passes, and unfortunately, the right pass doesn't always lead to points. And yeah, it's he's always, actually reading it's, like the, it's, the plays out now. Yeah, it's always like being aware of your personnel. And Kevin Porter Jr. has not played well. If I'm going to go back to tonight's game, he shot what six of eighteen from the field, oh four from three. He shot what? Uh, I don't even. Uh, he was shot barely fifty percent, like maybe nine of sixteen. 8 of 15 from the free throw line, 7 points in terms of giving them away in this game is a huge deal. I mean, granted, we were in the game until like, what, 8 minutes left in the 4th. And, you know, those misses are huge in terms of confidence, in terms of momentum, because, you know, there was one and one, I mean, not sorry, not and one, like one three that he took, that he was fouled. Uh, I don't remember if it was Batum or Luke Kennard that was on him on that possession at the top of the key with the shot clock going down. He got saved by the whistle. And a true star, a great player would take advantage and seize the moment, a guy that can understand and make the free throws. But the thing about Kevin Porter Jr. is that if he gets in his own head, and his confidence is low, he won't hit his free throws. It affects every aspect of his game. And well, now you're starting to kind of see the negativity of what he, yeah. prov- of what, yeah. what can happen when you get in your own head. Absolutely. And you get in your own headspace. And someone like Kevin Porter Jr., this is when, like, the mental aspect will start to kick in. Now we're 2-12. and 12. Now we're in game 14. Everything looks great in games 1 through 5, 1 through 10. 
but once like, you oh, kind of start, we're okay with the Dells. You know? Yeah, once you start getting into the consistencies of of the season, the ebbs and flows, which Kevin Porter has seen enough now in the NBA, he's in his fourth year already in the league. So it's like, I mean, I can only, I, you know, I can only excuse him so much. You know, there's days where it's he looks great, he looks fantastic, and then there's games like you know tonight where he just doesn't look as productive. He shot from the past two games, he shot 10 of 17 from the free throw line, which is absolutely unacceptable for a point guard uh, in today's NBA, for a starting point guard in today's NBA. If you're expected to win, you left seven points on the table in tonight's game. You left two You left two points on the other game against New Orleans. You went two of four from the free throw line, eight of 15 tonight. Uh, there's just, uh, there's no excuses as to why you're missing. You should be missing these types of uh, free throws as of this moment. So for KP, I, I'm not a fan of that. Oh, four from, I mean, tonight he went oh, four from three, six of 18 from the floor, minus 10, uh, 20 points. Great. Three steals, great. Three assists, okay. Seven rebounds, okay. But these are not... not but if you notice, though, the reason... Look, there's no out-of-pocket reason as to why this team isn't good. And there's going to be a thousand different opinions as to why this team isn't good because because the fact of the matter is that we're not good. And you can pinpoint a thousand different things and a thousand different scenarios. You can say... Uh, Jalen Green isn't getting enough touches uh, in clutch moments when it matters. Eric Gordon's getting too much touches in clutch moments. You can argue the coaching on Steven Silas. You can argue the fact that Jabari Smith is not playing like a number three overall pick. You can argue the fact that Jabari Smith can't dribble. You can argue the fact that this team doesn't play for each other. You can argue the fact that Alperin Shangun has not did not even start during the season. You can believe that Silas is not putting the rotations in properly and implementing them to the best of their abilities. You can argue so many different facets of so many different situations and calculate it as much as you want but the fact of the matter is is that there is no reason a talented team like this in this point of the rebuild should be 2 and 12 there's no excuse here at this point at this juncture of this time in the season you're 14 games in i was able to give a pass the first five or six games to let them kind of mesh get together understand each other but the very first play out of the gate from tonight's game, the Rockets-Clippers game, the first play, Jabari goes for a rebound. KP um, tries to out-rebound Jabari. And I'm like, wow, this team is not playing for each other. Like, just based on what I see right out of that get, right out of the gun, I was like, yeah, this team isn't really playing for each other at this point. And and then that's the thing. You want to succeed in this league. You want to succeed in the NBA. Mm-hmm. The first thing you have to realize is that you have to start playing for each other. You can't just be playing for the individual accolades, the individual statistics. It's hard to say for these guys. They're 19, 20, 21 years old who have not been used to winning at all. I mean, they were used to winning their entire career up leading up to this point, but now they've kind of they're kind of in this vast wasteland at this point and they're just trying to they're trying to navigate the ups and flows of the nba of social media their entire lives everything's changing they're all millionaires now like i get that but they're just bottom line is when it's all said and done and you draw your line in the sand you have to play for each other it at the end of the day, you strip everything for what it is you just you strip the stardom the money you strip the the fame the the everything that you may have the home that you own the family that you have even the family that you have outside when you strip everything for what it is and you draw your line in the sand 
What matters is, is that you play for each other. It's a game of basketball. You've played this game your entire life since you were kids. Mm-hmm. It's a kid's game. For God's sakes, play for each other. That's the. That's why you're not winning because a lot of this is... A lot of it is based on... Look, I'm not going to excuse Silas. A lot of this is based on coaching on his part. He needs to be better. There's the bottom line. He's not executing offensive plays to the best of his abilities because I know for a fact they can run better sets for this team. I know that for a fact. Defensively, the scheme is not great because the fact of the matter is, is that they're slow getting to the... Especially tonight, they were slow getting around to the shooter. Anytime there was a pick and a switch, they always... Anytime they scrambled, they're slow to get back out to the shooters. There was mass confusion no matter what. On every defensive possession, there was zero fight. They're just not playing for each other. It's so, so frustrating to watch because of the fact that I understand that we're a rebuilding team, but there's just no excuse as to why you're you're 14 games in and you're 10 games under 500. Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't believe that. Like I refuse to believe that we're that bad. Yeah. I don't think. We are 2-12 and 12 bad. I think we have a great roster. I think that we actually have a decent competitive roster if these guys can be put into the position to succeed properly under a co- under coach, whether it's Coach Silas or somebody else, or, or whether or not that this team can actually navigate the waters offensively and defensively. And for the love of God, play 48 minutes of consistent basketball. <laughs> That's all I want. You don't, you know, you mentioned it earlier. They, they need, they need to play perfect. No, they don't. They don't need to play perfect. But they need to play forty-eight minutes of consistent basketball. That's what this team does not have, and I'm very frustrated because last year we saw that so many times, and they were kind of putting it together towards the end of the season. You saw them putting up the fight. Mm-hmm. You got Tari Eason. You got Jabari Smith. You got. You know, you got another year. You got year two of Jalen, year three, of, year uh, four of Kevin Porter Jr. There is no excuse as to why you're still playing this bad. Mm-hmm. Like I am, I am at not. I'm not at my breaking point because I'm still going to be still be producing content, putting out these episodes along with you. But I am very, very, very heated at this point. I'm very unhappy as to what this team's playing because, for the, for God's sake, show some pride. Show some pride. The record at this point it shouldn't even matter anymore. You you, you know you suck. Show some pride for God's sakes. Yeah, You're a you, professional basketball you, you, team. You definitely want them to play. Where do hard. you stand here? Where do you stand? GM, how do you feel about all this? Like are you do you feel as frustrated as I do, or is it more like I'm not surprised? It's how a do you feel about it, it? It's a mixture of both, considering uh the roster construction. Like like I stated before the season, like my expectations are very minimal in terms of victories. Um, there were certain things that I wanted to look for in terms of production and just overall the full-on aspect of the team, like in the macro picture. Um, you know, I, I wanted to see Jalen be the number one guy, which most of the time he has been. Granted, there have been some games in the fourth quarter where he has not, and obviously we all have questions about that. The media does as well. Um, in certain respects, you know, I want to see some improvement in terms of Shangun on the defensive end. We know what he brings offensively and on the defensive end, he just has not been as good. I mean, you know, I granted everyone loves Shangun. I love Shangun. Um, I like the way that he plays on the offensive end, but there are certain things on defense where it's just like, he's just, just a struggle. He 
probably needs Jabari Smith Jr. to pick up the slack a little bit more on the defensive end to help him out. But that's a lot to ask of a 19-year-old rookie who's lost all confidence. Um, no offense to Jabari, but that's just what we can see and tell on the court. Um, I believe he'll be fine. I've said it time and time again, he will be fine. But as of this moment, there's a lot of things happening. There's a lot of moving parts in terms of this team. Kevin Porter Jr. is at a cold spell. He's not been playing so well, man. And he's had good passing games against certain teams. What was it Toronto and Orlando where he looked really good in terms of playmaking? Um, but which game? There, which game? Uh, is it Orlando and was it Toronto that he had his really good high assist? I don't remember who it was. Um, there yeah. are certain games where he played very well in terms of playmaking. And there are games when he just looked all out of sync. We don't know what's going on in terms of what's happening. But as a young player, there will be a lot of ebbs and flows, a lot of ups and downs in terms of performance. And this is certainly part of it. Um, also, you know, when is Eric Gordon moving to the bench? Tari Eason has been so effective in his limited minutes on the court that it's starting to be like he is probably our most effective player on the court and there are times he is he looks yes, ab- and he looks fantastic well, also our best net rating lineups include Tari Eason so you know you would think that Steven Silas won't be stubborn you know but he wants to stick with Eric Gordon um I respect it but I wholly disagree on that you know what I mean and it's just not it but you know just to harken back onto the overall thought here on what um, Kenny was asking is that of course I'm not happy I'm not happy at all um, there are certain aspects of things that I am happy with like Jalen's performances he's playing very well in terms of overall he's had some bad games but overall he's played well but overall it's just kind of like in terms of performance I'm just not expecting much but you know you want the team to hustle like Kenny stated you want them to show some pride did they show pride tonight? Not really. There's just a lot of complaining and whining. They've all gone to the school of Eric Gordon whining because, like we say, like I said to Kenny earlier, Eric Gordon's in midseason form in terms of his complaints. So they're going to that school and they see it. You know, um, this is a young team. They learn, follow the vet, and if the vet all he does is whine and complain about calls, then it doesn't set a good precedent. And let yeah. me tell you, Eric. It's not so fucking funny. <laughs> but <laughs> didn't expect that. <laughs> but you know, it, it it's just my opinion. Yeah, you know? yeah. No, I I understand, um, yeah. Yeah. It I'm Look, the way that it stands with this team right now is and like I said from the way that everyone may feel cuz everyone like I said is going to have a certain opinion on 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 how this team is and where this team is going to act and how and how they're going to start kind of getting the engine going such a slow start out of the gate. A lot of people expected us to be bad, including the GM. I mean, you can't expect them to be two and 12. I love your positive expectations. No, like I, I just don't it. expect them to be two and 12. Like that's the mm-hmm. thing. That's where, that's where I'm still, I'm still baffled by that. The fact that they're two and 12, but okay. So tonight's game, look, there's not much to talk about in tonight's game, but there's a lot of, a lot to read in between the lines here in terms of what we're trying of what this team is is uh 
where they're kind of standing right now. And this team kind of really opened my eyes in, in a lot of ways from tonight's game. Obviously, besides the lack of fight, but you know what? We, let's start. We need to start from the top. The top of the food chain here is Steven Silas. That's bottom line. So we need to start a dialogue here because we've mentioned it, but I don't think we've we've never really had a an official topic geared on him. So let's let's we need a di- we need to start a dialogue on on coach on Steven Silas, GM. Where do you stand right now in Steven in the Steven Silas era with the Rockets in his you know third season uh, as the NBA as the NBA coach? Now, granted, let me give you a little let me give you a little something before you do it. Since last season, since the beginning of last season, we are 20, 22 and ninety four. <laughs> 22 and 94 so from the 20 houston and rockets record, or the houston texans i oh man i don't know man you take a take, take a couple swigs and let me know shout outs to noah and uh little bro by the way go listen to apollo texans that's our brothers but uh we even made a joke at one point we were saying at one point we only had only one each only won one game who's gonna be the first team to win two we did but it was <laughs> we haven't won since it's a, it's a, it's we've a, won exactly it's a hollow victory yeah, well, the texans play once a week and yet we still only have one more win than them yeah it's so, horrible okay so let's get back on track steven silas era 22 22 and 94 since uh since the beginning of last season where do you stand in the steven silas era for this rockets where where, where do we where do we go from here oh man i don't know if i'm willing to say how I feel. I mean, it's okay to say how you feel. This is what we're we're um, here to do. We are we are the we are the media. This is hon- what we do. Honestly, I feel like um, I am. I'm kind of done with Silas, uh, in my opinion. Um, you know, we've put feel I put feelers out in like the over under of how many games. If this continues, will Silas be fired? Will he last till to? 20 games into the season we're already 14 games in and this is the first time where i feel like tillman fertitta is probably looking at him and being like how long do i want to keep this guy as my coach um you got lionel hollins back there who could definitely be a head coach if need be um if they want to hand the reins to john lucas they could um even though i feel like the preference would probably be lionel hollins my opinion uh, as interim let that happen Mm-hmm. And yeah. then you know, go from there. But I'm not gonna. I'm not the guy that's gonna be calling for the head of the coach. That's just not who I am. Um, but there's got to be a point where you say enough is enough. And like Owen Hart stated, it's time for a change. Um, have we reached that point yet? Maybe some fans probably feel that way. But I'm just you know, as much as I want to preach patience, I'm starting to reach my breaking point. No, I think it's fair, and I know I kind of I kind of caught you on left field here with this question, but I think it's a topic that needs to be at least addressed because everyone under the moon, everyone under the sun has addressed it already. Well, you, did, spoke, you, did, you did say let's, they have spoken let's, about let's, it. Let's start yeah. a dialogue. Yeah, we should dialogue at least start a, officially started. Yeah, no, we should absolutely start a dialogue. And this is where I stand. This is where I stand. The Stephen Silas thing. I gave him a pass a lot. I was a big Stephen Silas believer when we hired him. I wanted Jeff Van Gundy. Um, when the chips were down, the GM wanted Sam Cassell. Those were our predictions. We got Steven Silas. I was like, all right, I'm a rock with you. Let's go. 
You were a, you were, you're a player development coach. You've made great impacts on a lot of the great players in today's NBA. Uh, you helped develop Steph Curry. You helped develop Luka Doncic. You have a great pedigree behind you. Your father was a legendary coach. You have been an assistant to a lot of good NBA teams. You look like you were ready to take the reins. Let's see what you can do, and let's let's work it from there. Year one, let's chronicle back. Year one, James Harden, ready to leave. He expected a coach, Russ Westbrook, James Harden, and Christian Wood. James Harden wanted out. Russ Westbrook got traded before the season. He did not get what he wanted. It was the COVID era of uh, of the NBA at that point. No fans were the – barely any fans were in the arena. I think they were at like 20% capacity. So Christian Wood was the stud for that team, got hurt. Barely played any games during, barely played much during that season, and chalked it up. You know, wipe your hands clean. You had your, one of your, you had a player named Corks, one of the just most ban, absolutely bamboozled players in NBA history, in my opinion. But here we are. So we're there. Season one, kind of a lost cause. We knew what it was. You, you draft Jalen Green. You draft Alperin Shangoon. Go into season two. Christian Wood riding high on a good season. You have these guys that you can develop. You got KPJ on it behind you. Let's get going. Let's get let's get to where we need to go. A lot of inconsistencies in the lineup. A lot of inconsistencies uh, for Jalen Green his rookie year. Kevin Porter Jr. had good games and bad games. Alperin Shangun was not the starter. Christian Wood wanted the ball a lot. So I gave I I can give him that excuse as well of saying okay you're trying to cater to. Eric Gordon, Christian Wood, all you know, you're trying to cater to these players that were already established, and you're trying to create, you know, a a culture, but at the same time, you're balancing egos. So I got that. Year three, I said this from the get-go. Me and the GM have both said this. This is the year where we need to see some type of development here or some type of improvement. And then granted the improvements can be incremental. It doesn't need to be big improvements, which is funny because I I just wanted win number two before game, was it before game was it game eighteen? So look la di da, look at there. Like we got win number two before game eighteen, but two and twelve still not okay. We're two and twelve now. What excuse can I give Steven Silas now? He has the players that that he he basically got the players that he won. You got a top two pick. You got a top two pick last year. You got a top three pick this year. You got dogs you got dogs that are coming off the bench that are in the lineup you have shooters you finally have some shooters now that you can work with Jabari's not hitting his threes but you do have shooters now you have a very creative center in an opera in Shangun you have one of the most creative guards in the league in Kevin Porter Jr. that you can do so much stuff with like oh my god you can put him at the one the two the three there's so much options with a Kevin Porter Jr. yet you you start Shangun off the bench you you st- you try to get these rotations in where Eric Gordon gets the ball at the end of every quarter going at the end of every game and the coaching and the defense have just not been good i've been a man that's tried to defend him but i'm a man at this point where i'm just like i've seen enough i may have seen enough here and this may be a- the time to start start thinking elsewhere start looking elsewhere it's not a knock. Now, don't get me wrong, um, listeners. I do not dislike Steven Sass. I was actually one of his biggest supporters and have supported him from the day that we had hired him. But at the end of the day, when you're in year three of the rebuild and the and the improvements are so incremental, so tiny that you don't even notice it, that's not a good thing. 
I mean, there are arguments to be made that we look worse than last That's year. That's what I'm saying. You know? There's, and we and started the, one in 17, 18. One in seven, one in, yeah, one in, well, one in 16. And oh, okay. then on top of, and then on top of everything, think about this GM. We were like, we're not like, we could be worse than, we could be worse than last year. Yet we have more talent this year. Yeah, it's just it's just mind blowing. That's what I mean, I'm trying. That's a lot of that's where I stand in this. Go it's, into it's that. It's crazy to think about. Yeah, I mean, granted, we have more wins than we did last year at this point, but to what at what cost? <laughs> you know, I mean, you're right in terms of talent. What we have, there's so many players here. Excuse me, that are so talented, and they can bring a lot to the table. But when you have you need to have the right person at the helm. I'm not saying that Steven Silas is the wrong guy. We don't know what's happening behind closed doors. But all I'm saying is that based on what we've seen on the floor, things are not looking so great, you know? And the defense has been horrible, to say the least. I mean, Jalen has looked decent. He's looked even really good in certain respects. Kevin Porter Jr. has not looked good on defense. Um you know, oh, let's not get. Let's not get. Oh, you were talking Alper, about Alperin Shangun gets into foul trouble, defensive struggles. I mean, granted, you know he looks amazing on the offensive end, but there are certain respects that it's just like it's just it's not it, right? We're talking defense. We're talking. We're talking defense. Yes, Kenny. Okay. We're talking defense. No, man. no, no. Okay, okay. If we're talking defense. Now, I used to always say defensively, this team was like Linguini, right? Like, like, like when I when I call it Linguini ling- soft, Linguini <laughs> soft defense. GM, this defense has been so bad. That I've created a new term, GM. Are you ready for the new term? I don't know if I'm ready for it, man. Slow cooked, melt in your mouth, easy tear away, brisket defense. That's what I seen. Like a like a nice little pulled pork, slow a cooked. A little pulled pork, Whoop. slow ro- slow cooked overnight over a wood oh, fire like- with a master with a master pit man like like Frank. Like Franklin's Barbecue, shouts to Franklin's Barbecue in Austin. Slow cooked overnight, 24 hours. Slow cook it in the burner so it can tear right away and melt in your mouth when you eat it. That is what I treat this defense. The slow cooked brisket slash pulled pork defense. Our guy is cooked. It's like, uh, what is it? Like um, when you get ribs that are really slow cooked and they literally just, you just Fall off peel the them bone. off the bone. This defense is exactly that because this defense is soft. And I'm not saying soft like S O F T. I'm talking about like Enzo Amore and Big Cass. S A W F T. Soft. That's exactly how I feel about this defense. Like this team, this defense is like, God. Uh, it's it's ugly and and it's soft like Charmin. Yeah. All right. Oh man, Charlin. Two two ply or four ply. Oh God. I'm, I, all, <laughs> all I'm saying is just that like like it all starts like Kenny said. It's all in the, it starts at the top and. We've seen it time and time again. And this game has just done nothing but reassure that. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's, it's not a good look. And it's, you know, it's a hard brand of basketball to watch. Even if we suck, you want to see incremental improvements. You want to see a team that puts in effort. Um, but when you do see a team that puts in effort but also complains a lot and they get kind of like, you know, disjointed at the first, second, third levels of, you know, um, adversity they don't respond well to it man and unfortunately that just comes with it so it's just one of those things where it's very difficult and 
just, dude, we all yeah. want to be like we when you're watching I'm, this when you're watching this team, you want to turn off the TV. But you know, sometimes I'm shocked. I'm like, man, I'm still watching this. I'm still watching this game. But they always have this little. Little shred of hope d- which is dust of magic that they have yeah like a five minute stretch you're like oh oh my gosh they're putting it together yeah you I mean, know what i mean kj kj martin time. had these great highlight dunks but he only had eight points and there were all the dunks <laughs> yes in 20 minutes of play what did you do on the defensive end that's the thing like well, that's the thing. i'm not i'm not yes. going to harp on the offense the offense is fine but it's the defensive end that gets me and that's just one of those things, man. Like, they're like when, when guys are on the court, it's just like they don't have the effort. And I mean, granted, there are a lot of people out there that have never played organized basketball. But let me tell you, man. Like, effort is a huge thing. Uh, the commission I play rec ball. We play rec basketball. You know what I mean? And the, and even then, you, well, because your if you will if you be don't. Sh- you, you yeah. don't be shined if you if you're not putting an effort people will let you know and granted like i don't know how it is with this team on the floor but you know when you're when you're top players you know like who's gonna hold who accountable you know what i mean like there's no leadership when like i stated earlier when your veteran leader all he does is complain his defense is below average he chunks threes, turns the ball over, and doesn't hold himself accountable. Then what does that bring to this team? Like, to be honest with you, like, if we had a vet like Derrick Rose on this team that can hold these guys accountable, he's been there, former MVP, puts effort on the floor, I feel like this team could even have two more wins based on just the fact that we have a guy that can lead. You know, he's a quiet talker, but he's also a talker. You know what I mean? Like, Well, shout-outs to my GM mode because that's, that's my – that's. Shouts to my GM mode, by the way, in NBA 2K, because I do acquire Derrick Rose, and he does absolutely nothing but positive things. This team, that's the thing, and you hit the nail perfectly on the head. The highlight dunks are great. The three-point shots by Jalen Green are great. The great plays that they make offensively are great. Typically, I won't react to the initial play until I see then what happens in the defensive end when they give up a dunk yeah. or an open three on the other end. Then I'm like, well, you just, well, that whole point becomes moot because you just scored a really loud two points and let the other team is going to shoot a really exactly, soft two points. Exactly. But it's still Counts. two points. Exactly. And you just basically break even, which yes. is what you don't want to do. And th- that's the last thing. When, especially you when do. you're down. Absolutely. Especially when you're down. What you're trying to do is when you're down is you need to create a net positive for yourself now now we're talking advanced stats and we're talking you know money ball over here but when you what you what you try to create when you are down let's say you're down 10 you need to create a net positive when you're on the court whether it be plus five or plus seven but the time that you enter that court you need to be a plus for your team if you're a plus if you come in and you start at zero and you're down 10 and you go and you're down five by the time you leave the floor you're a plus five which means you're bringing something positive to the floor what KJ did tonight was great, guys. I'm not trying to take away the dunks, and the GM's not trying to take away the dunks or anything like that. But you hit the dunk, you hit the dunk, and then you give up two on the other end. KJ with another dunk, hits a three. They come back and hit a three on the other end, which wasn't as loud. But look, two to twos is still two to two is still a break is still a break even, and then two to three is still a minus one at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So. It's not about the way that they score on the offensive end because look, I thought the Jalen Green Jalen Green had a dunk. I think it was in either the second or third quarter where he, you know, everyone was just spaced out. And then Jalen Green did a little cockback dunk and it looked great. 
and he screamed and he he screamed he was like ah and i was like and i looked and i was like oh my god we're down 11 why are we screaming jalen get back on defense like it's the first thing i thought of like i'm just like why are we screaming jalen get back on defense please i'm like you 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 literally dunked and then and then lo and behold they give up another two on the next possession and i'm just like oh my god there you go you just broke even that whole dunk just became moot it's a great highlight but it's not winning basketball and that's that's uh, that's the problem gm and i do want, I want to talk about that when is this team going to start playing winning basketball that's on Jalen, it's on Alperin Shangun, it's on Kevin Porter Jr., those guys that are leaders. I'm not going to, at pinpoint, I'm not going to pin a lot of pressure on Jabari, one, because he's my son. Two, <laughs> two, which is the main point I'm trying to make. That first yeah. point was a joke. The main point I'm trying to make is he's still young. He's trying to learn from these guys. Mm-hmm. When are you going to stop celebrating the dunks that just give you two points and you're down 14 or you're down nine or you're down 11 yeah. and you're going to get back on defense and get another stop so you can create another possession to where you can close the game tighter, 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 and then go on a run where you can take the lead and build upon that confidence. Don't celebrate. Don't yeah. celebrate. The, don't celebrate these big loud plays that are what that are going to bring you what two points. <laughs> you I mean, know what I mean? Let's, you know, you, you want them to celebrate great possessions when they score. No, but, but when are they going to start playing back. winning? No, when are they going to start playing winning basketball, Jim? That's the question I have to ask mm. you. Because Jalen's points looks great, and I, I look, guys, Jalen's been playing fantastic. He's been playing incredible. I'm just so proud of the way he's developed. The game has slowed down in his mind. It's fantastic. I'm so proud of him, Jim. When is Jalen's points and his production and his assist actually going to change the tide? Of, of of the game to where he can lead the team to a win. When are we going to start seeing that? When are we going to start seeing him actually lead the team to a win? The assists look great. The points look great. But when are we going to start seeing him make that star impact? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Where you can take over a game. Like, I've yet to see that it's, outside of, like, like, maybe that. one or two games last year. Yeah. Where's the game this year? I feel like that's going to come. It's, um, but the thing about it is that... I need that. It's not just all only him as well. He needs the players behind him to actually defend. And unfortunately, you know, you see that Jalen is putting in the effort on that side of the floor. But there are guys here that just, you know, just don't perform on that side. This team doesn't have a a defensive identity. We need a little bit of a defensive identity in addition to what we do on the offensive end. But... It's just not it's just not meant to be at this point in time, man. It's just what it is. That's what it is. And you know, like we can't do it until there will be better roster construction for one in terms of what this team really needs. Two coaching. Coaching is certainly a huge aspect of that. So it's probably one of the biggest aspects in that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Let's and be let's let's call a spade a spade here. Exactly. <laughs> um But you know, if we're gonna think of anything positive here, the Wemby sweepstakes oh are gonna my be good. God, here we we're go. We're in it. Guys, we're not getting the number one pick. I hate to break it to you. Oh man, if if, if we we're did, not getting that'd be one. freaking awesome. I mean it'd be but, it'd be great. Like I, yeah. I would love it, but guys, let's you have a fourteen percent chance of getting a number one pick. I mean, I love the idea of having him or pairing Jalen Green Scoot Henderson and there are people that are going to be like you want Scoot Henderson over Kevin Porter Jr. today oh, Scoot Henderson is a better point guard than Kevin Porter Jr. Can I be real? Can I be real? Can I can I can I can I just go for it go for it. 
Scoot Henderson, if he gets drafted, he's your point guard. That's uh, of course. Is there a qu- like, absolutely, no, he you're is. gonna slide. KP is gonna slide to the three at this point. Like if he's gonna continue to start the three and play or go to the bench. I mean, who wh- knows, where but... where where are we going exactly here? But Scoot I, I, Henderson is generational. Yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm not, no just, just because He's I want. Start. Just because I think Scoot is better doesn't mean I'm giving up on Kim Porter Jr. I'm not either. giving. No, no, no. Exactly. It's not that. But I think that a Scoot lot of people so dominant. put that synonymously, no, where it's like if you prefer no. Scoot, you've given up. No, you That's just slide exactly him to a more natural position. Exactly. That's all. It and is. I mean, you know, that whole Kim Porter Jr. as a point guard thing can definitely be something that everybody can talk about, and it's very divisive. It's very controversial in terms of a subject. And a player that people are very, very, very passionate about. And it's a very passionate position as well. So when you put it like that, it's just, it's just, it's difficult, man. And building a team is very, very hard. Finding the right players to play together is a very, very hard thing. And three to four years from now, a lot of these guys will not be here. And we can probably even say maybe at max, maybe four guys yeah. will still be here. And that's only 25, wait, maybe like 30% of the roster? Predict the, predict the four guys right now. Four guys right now. The four guys right now. Jalen Green, stay. Jabari okay. Smith Jr., Alperin Shangoon. Ooh. Okay. And yeah. Tar Eason. Good choice. Yes. Honestly, I could have went with Ty Ty over Shang- Shangoon, but that's just because I really like Ty Ty Washington. But... I really think, and I do believe that this team views Tari Eason, Shangun, and Jabari as like major players. And I mean, it's not like I say it; it's not a hate on Kevin Porter Jr. But if you ask me who the fourth guy would be, I would probably take Tari over him and feel like there might be a better option at point guard next to Jalen four years from now. That's um, a f- yeah, there's talking a few years that, down the road. That's, when that's we're, all hypotheticals. Yeah. That's all hypotheticals. Yeah. And if people don't like it, that's fine. I mean, I get it. Not everybody has to agree in certain respects on opinions, and that's just how it's going to be. There's a lot of conjecture, and that's totally fine. Um, we're all entitled to our opinions, and everybody has a right to feel the way they feel. Um, you know, I get it because I I do love watching Kevin Porter Jr. as well, but top five bag in the NBA, Kevin Porter Jr. Yeah, you've said it on multiple occasions, but. Kevin Porter Jr., man, it, it, it's just, it's not just a top five bag, but it's also a mixed bag as well. So, <laughs> I want to say top five bag, it's all offensive. It has nothing to do with how he plays defensive. Yeah, Until I mean, then, it know. is slow, it is slow cooked brisket defense in yeah, which he plays. I mean, you know, I, th- I just feel like he'd be better in a secondary playmaking role. That's not necessarily saying that he is not a point guard because he can play point guard in just a lesser role. And I think that if you allow him to succeed in a lesser role, he can pro- his other other areas of his game can flourish. But I don't think that's something that people want to talk about right now. It's a dialogue that people aren't ready for and that they're not going to want. I'm not going to say not ready. It's just people just have their minds set currently because there is no Scoot Henderson or quote-unquote a veteran point guard uh, on this roster. When that if that situation does come, into then fruition, the dialogue will happen. The dialogue will or, happen, or the possibility of it like yeah. getting closer and closer. Like it, as we get closer and closer to draft day, because mm-hmm. at two and twelve right now, we are definitely leaning closer towards going for top two, top three in the lottery. I, I just we were number two, twenty twenty one, number three in twenty twenty two. I would love to be number one in twenty twenty three to get Wemby. Um, I don't have my hopes high on that. You have a fourteen percent chance all across the board of top picks one through three. 
Um, the lottery system is an unforgiving system. Uh, you can be number one and drop all the way to four. So it's it's a mixed bag. You can be number two and drop as low as five, three and drop as low as six. It's it's an unforgiving system, the lottery. So I, I'm not... We're in the Wemby sweepstakes as of this moment at 2-12. and 12. It's not where I preferred to be, but I mean... If this is what we got to do, man, if we got to, if this is how we acquire our Alex Bregmans and our Carlos Correas, fuck it. <laughs> We're in it. <laughs> if, if, if Wemby's going to be that guy and is just going to be that guy in a, in a few years, we're going to be like, oh, thank God we lost. Th-. I'm going to look at the GM and be like, thank God we went 2-12 and 12 to start the, the season. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, if that's what it takes, then by God, the, 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 cause I am the positive man in the pod and I really try to be positive and. The GM just brought me right back to where I needed to be. Brought me home. Thank you for bringing me back home. And I do feel, I do feel some sense of positivity in terms of that. Um, Wemby has just been an absolute stud. If you've been watching all the international games, he hit a one-legged three-pointer. He did a Steph Curry look-away three uh, in today's in today's game that he played. Uh, Wemby that. is a okay. So when you think of that, you think so when you think of Wemby, you think of cheat code. You think of unicorn. You think of you know what? You know what the perfect word is for him, GM. What? He's the anomaly. Absolutely. He is the. He is what anomaly. Um, what is it? Um, what is that movie called? Ping uh, pong player. Yeah, ping pong. He's player. the anomaly. In the in the world full of five six Asian guys, you have the seven four Asian guy. He's an anomaly. He's, <laughs> <laughs> He's an anomaly. It's true. So, no, exactly. So it's very true. The Rockets are two and twelve. We have another game up on Wednesday against the Dallas Mavericks. Shout out to Joseph and Kyle, one of our homeboy, two of our homeboys that we play basketball with. Uh, they'll always wear Dallas gear at all of our watch parties. Shout outs to them. They will always represent their city. GM Dallas, Dallas versus Houston. Um, it's going to be a fun game. I ultimately expect to take the L here. Give me your prediction at the end of this game. We pre- last game that we predicted, we predicted a dub. Predict this one: Houston versus uh, Dallas in their first game, first matchup of the season. We lose by fourteen points. 130 to 116. 130 to 116. We're playing in Dallas. I'm gonna go. Fuck it, guys. I'm always wrong. I predicted play in. Can't can't slow the curve now. Two and twelve. Rockets will start getting their dubs back. Three and twelve. Rockets get the win in Dallas. Rockets win by four points. They finally win their first nip and tuck game. They win 120 to 117. Wow. Who hits the game winning shot? Oh, psh, my son, Jabari Smith, hits the game winning three. That was like Ike said today. Well, he didn't get a chance to shoot the game winner. Touche. It's Touché. coming. It's coming. It's coming, guys, at some point. Be patient. Be patient. It's coming. So Touché. good predictions, GM. Okay, GM, let's go ahead and end this episode here. Uh, we've. It's been, you know, so fun covering this season it's been such a good year in terms of houston sports so i always appreciate ugm and i appreciate everything that uh that you do for the show and you do for our our brand very appreciated good sir any last words here before we uh, go home yeah um as people knew or if whoever follows us knows that we had a watch party on saturday at Ingenious Brewing over in Humble. So I just have a special shout out over to Ingenious Brewing for housing us. Um, Lee, who is the GM of the brewery, thank you again for bringing us in. Um, to James, the brewer who brewed 
the wonderfully tasting beer it was so good. It was so good. It was um, so good. That, Put that baby in a can. Absolutely, because it was uh, so good. It was an amazing beer, and shout out to him for making that beer for us. And I really appreciate you guys for just supporting us and giving us that opportunity. I think that's just super dope. Like full disclosure, it's the first beer that anyone has made for us with our influence. You know, we certainly did have a say in there, which is super cool. Very, very appreciative and humbled for that. Special shout out to everyone else that did pull up to the watch party. We really appreciate you guys. It was a blast. It was a blast. We had a fun, uh, it we had was, a fun time. It was a very, very fun time, you know, and we're just really excited to be able to do these again. And we're hoping for more this year. Um, we don't know when the next one will be. It's certainly in the works currently. But we are going to iron out some dates, figure out some locations, and we will go from there. And as soon as we can figure out something, we will definitely let everybody know what our plans are. Um, but anyways, follow me, guys, on Twitter, at JP underscore Mirabueno. Follow the podcast and the tick. Follow the podcast on TikTok and Twitter, at Summit, S-O-M-P-O-D. Follow the podcast on Instagram. In case anything does happen to Twitter, at Summit State of Mind <laughs> underscore <Nice>. POD. <laughs> hey, man, we live in a world where anything can happen now, and uh, things do not seem to be trending very well. Uh, no comment. No, 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 no other comment from me. Well, we've gained a good amount of followers on Instagram. So oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, thank you for joining. If you guys are listening and you just joined the Graham followers, we just hit over three hundred. Yes. So yes, thank you. Big shout out to thank you, you know, all like of you. It, we're, we're slowly but surely. Moving on up like the Jeffersons. But anyways, follow the team at Apollo NBA follow, uh, on Twitter. And follow our media company at Apollo HOU on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. I believe Facebook as well. Yeah, Facebook. Make sure to buy our clothes um, at ApolloHOU.store. Buy Beer Toes Design, right, The Rising Sun of Jalen. Buy our shirt, our other shirt, uh, the Legion of Stops, even though they haven't been stopping many things recently, but they will eventually become the Legion of Stops. And, you know, just support us, follow us. You got any issues with any of our takes? Yo, man, let's let, let's dispute it on the gram or on Twitter, whatever. It, it doesn't really matter, to be honest with you. But we're always open to the critiques and we're always down to have some good old fashioned uh debates fun it's all fun love it we love the community love everybody um and we're just excited to see how the season moves forward yeah it's hard for me to it's hard for me to take anything too personally at the end of the day we're two and 12 i like to think that every anytime someone says something ah i hate this team i'm like you're just mad because they're losing you still love this team <laughs> Yeah, it's okay. true, man. That's, that's basically yeah. all of us. It's all yeah, of us. Yeah, it's basically all of us. Go ahead and follow me as well on Twitter uh, at Summit Commish as well. Uh, we're just continuing to, you know, pump out content. And man, it is the the, the rocket season after the joys of an of the Astros of uh, the Astros uh, World Championship in the World Series. It's a it's a slow burn, <laughs> but we're here for the burn. We're here for the full burn of it. We love our Houston Rockets at the end of the day, and I truly, truly at the end of the day, even though this was a very um, dialogue-heavy episode in terms of the negativities on this team, me and GGM still fully back and believe that this team is going to ultimately make it. 
we really firmly believe that we're in that trend right now of the 100 loss Astros. Like we fully believe we're just like right in the thick of that. There's there are too many talents on this team with the prospect of getting a Wemby or a Scoot or even any or either of the Thompson twins at that. You're looking at a very, very, very stud-filled team for the next few years. So continue to stay positive, guys. Um, continue to follow us, our show, our podcast. Follow Apollo, and of course, follow, continue to follow the Houston Rockets. Continue to support them. Great, such a great city, such a great, such a great team. At the end of the day, even though the record doesn't say it, stay fully supportive of them. Uh, Stay fully supportive now because, you know, by the time that they're good, you won't be considered a bandwagoner. So, but we welcome all the bandwagoners too, regardless. So, if you, if you are a bandwagoner and you're listening to us, thank you. And uh, with this, uh, we'll go ahead and end our episode here. We appreciate each and every one of y'all. Uh, let's go, everybody, and uh, have a good rest of your week. And let the sign off. Go Rockets. The Summit. Four, 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 four.